0: still not recommending him as a buy but you should be watching him to see if some of this hype dies down next season what up what up what up welcome back to sam dunks the weekly nba show over at Slab Socks. i'm your host sam uh, please follow us on instagram and twitter at slabsocks and then click that little subscribe button here on youtube as well it would help us out a lot Uh, We are still on track to release our all-inclusive card investment platform uh, before the end of summer 2020. We're extremely excited to roll this tool out for you guys, and I think you should be too. Uh, To learn more about it, go on over to slabstocks.com. And also, if you have any questions about what's going to be featured in it, feel free to reach out into the DMs. I have no problem answering any questions you have. Uh, doing things a little bit differently today. I'm going to be nerding out here on, on basketball over the past week and, and you know give my usual analysis on the players. But then on the tail end of the episode, we're going to have Aaron on for a market trend analysis of a few different players that he wants to talk about. Uh, as always, we can't cover absolutely everyone, but I'm going to do my best to cover some of the biggest storylines that have been coming out of the bubble lately. Uh, the Pelicans are out of the playoffs, officially eliminated on Sunday afternoon. The team has you know, generally looked really bad throughout this entire restart. You know, basically no effort on the defensive end around the roster. Ingram has looked good in stretches, but he's been somewhat inconsistent. Uh, The three-point shooting from him was still there. 43% on five attempts per game, but only 42% from the field. Good for 20 points per game. They just needed more from him. Lonzo has been, you know, just absolutely terrible. 5.7 points per game while shooting 26% from the field, 19% from deep. Drew holiday has gone invisible for stretches. Zion is the best player on the team, and, and everything around him Has been a huge question mark throughout this whole restart he's played well when he's actually gotten playing time 25 points 24 23 points per game over the last three only averaged 20 minutes per game and 18 and a half points in that in the whole stretch which is you know really some impressive efficiency shot at 56 percent from the field over that stretch you know but when no one really knows what's going on with the best player uh, when he's playing bench minutes it just kind of puts the whole team into a tough bind Ben Golliver, who came on the interview with me a few weeks ago, he said that when Zion plays, every single journalist in the bubble is in attendance. When Zion didn't play against the Wizards, there was not a single media member in the building. You know, they, they're the only extra personnel that's allowed in the NBA bubble. You think the rest of the players see what's going on? absolutely, and they've generally been struggling through all of it, and frankly, you know, a lot of this just falls on Alvin Gentry. He just hasn't gotten the players to buy into the restart. You know, they were spoon-fed the easiest schedule in the tournament that was designed specifically for them to be able to make the playoffs, and instead of making the playoffs, they're eliminated early. It's just an embarrassment all around, and I think it's a Fairly decent bet that Gentry just won't be back next year. It's a, just a big bummer all around. Uh, meanwhile, their yacht club roommates, the Suns, are on the total other end of the spectrum. You know, talk about a coach that has gotten his players to buy in. When the format of the whole restart and you know all the teams involved were announced and made public. The idea of the Wizards and the Suns being invited became just a huge joke around NBA Twitter. And really, when the Suns went down to Disney, they were 26-39, and 39, a full six games back of the 8th seed and with less than a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs. Well, they've just gone and been the best team in the bubble so far. A perfect 6-0 with a game this afternoon against an Embiid and Simmons-less Sixers team. And then an important matchup on Thursday against the Mavericks team. That's very good. Uh, with the Grizzlies playing the Celtics and the Bucks in their next two it seems like there's a pretty good chance that the Suns are going to make it past them and into the 9-8 play-in game, presumably against the Blazers. And, you know, that's just an incredible turnaround. And Monty Williams deserves a ton of credit for getting his team to buy in when basically every single other person around the NBA landscape had written them off. A ton of credit obviously also goes to these players too. Uh, Devin Booker has been nothing short of incredible for six straight games. In 33 minutes per night, he's hitting uh, 30 points, four rebounds, six assists, shooting only 33% from deep, but 50% from the field overall, 94% from the charity stripe. So just really, really good stuff all around. The scoring and the efficiency are both up from where they had been over the course of the regular season. Uh, Of course, Booker appeared in his first All-Star game this year, but as he continues to raise his profile with all of these 30-point scoring nights, I think we can expect him to continue to make All-Star appearances over the coming years. At only 23 years old, Devin Booker has a career 90 30-point games, just prolific scoring over the past couple of days his psa 10 prism base rookie cards have been going around 1200 dollars that's up 166 percent from where they were going just two weeks ago so an incredible couple of weeks for any booker investors out there and, and whether you're selling now before they presumably get eliminated that's up to you you know certainly a lot of value to be made at the moment but also booker really seems to be coming into his own as one of the dynamic young scorers in the league and you might not want to jump ship just yet But I'll leave all that decision-making up to you. You know your profile. You might have seen Draymond Green's tampering the other night. He was talking on national TV about Booker. He said that Booker has to get out of Phoenix if he ever wants to win. But this is the script for winning in Phoenix. Great scoring punch from Booker leading the team. And then really solid contributions from all of the recent first-round picks. They can continue winning if this is what they do. So let's talk about some of those other guys. First up, there's DeAndre Ayton, who's been pretty good for the most part. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block on average. Uh, the defense has been solid. And then last night, once he started playing, the, the tide really turned against Oklahoma City. The problem the Suns have had with Ayton is you know, just the, the brain farts, I guess you could say. He can go into these lapses where he just doesn't look like he's trying very hard on defense, which you, know, you really can't have from your rim-protecting defensive linchpin center. Of course, also, he missed the 25 games at the beginning of the season for testing positive for a diuretic that he claims was an unintentional mistake. And then yesterday, he only played 17 minutes. He sat out the first quarter because he missed the deadline for his COVID-19 test on his off day. You know, there's no traffic to fight through. It's the same daily routine. These guys have been doing this for weeks already. There's really nothing preventing him from getting tested on time. But he didn't. And the Suns nearly paid for it. He's still only 22. And sometimes this stuff just happens when you're that young, but the Suns really need him to buckle down on these types of lapses and mature because you know he, these things really hurt the team, and the team just plays better with him around. On this season, the team is a fair amount better both offensively and defensively when he's on the court, according to On-Off Net Differential. He's right in line with Mikael Bridges and Devin Booker in terms of importance. They really need Aiton locked in if they're going to continue winning next year, His PSA 10 Prism base rookie cards have been going on best offers for the last couple of days, right around $170. That's up about 26% over the past few weeks, and I think there's still room to grow over the next few years, provided that he really just locks in mentally. He's an important piece on this team. Uh, Mikael Bridges has also been super fun lately. 11 points, 4.5 rebounds, 2 assists, and just about a block and a steal per game over the 6-game winning streak, which, you know, none of that really jumps off the page. But there's just been a lot of really good stuff from him. If you've been following this show since the beginning, you might know that you know, Bridges is just one of my guys. I'm, I'm a sucker for these defensive, you know, versatile defensive types. Which I know doesn't make a guy a hot seller in the card market, but you know, the heart knows what it wants. Uh, So I've been happy to see Bridges playing really well and and really just raise his national profile over the past couple of weeks. He had a few prolific stops down the stretch as he was switching off between Kawhi and Paul George when the Suns went and beat the Clippers in, in somewhat of a surprise. He locked up TJ Warren, who had followed up a 53-point, 34-point, and 32-point performances by shooting only 35% from the field for only 16 points with Bridges as the primary defender. Uh, Luka Doncic went off for 40 points in his matchup against Bridges. But you know, late in that game, the Mavs collapsed, and Luka looked really like he'd lost all of his steam. And so much of that was because Bridges was just absolutely hounding him all game. So Bridges, he's never going to be a superstar. But when you have high-profile performances like that, It really just raises the national profile. And as we've seen from him over the past couple of weeks, that's what's happening. You know, future all-defensive team, that's not out of the question. His PSA 10 Prism Silver Rookie card most recently went on a best offer of $185, which is up 117% over the past two weeks. I'm not going to weigh in whether that's a price you have to sell at or whether you should continue to buy him. But I just think it illustrates that in a high-profile scenario like the current NBA bubble, even just strong defensive performances will get noticed. It's not an, as easy of a path forward for his cards as it would be if he was scoring like 30 per, 30 points per night, but if he becomes heralded as a, as a top three defender in the league and he keeps playing in the West and gets nightly matchups against some of the brightest stars in the sport, the spotlight will continue to be there for him, just in a different way than we're generally used to. All right, before we move on from the Suns, we have to give additional props to Cameron Johnson. Uh, Back in May, during my draft recaps that I was going through, I talked about Cam Johnson having one major skill, which was his three-point shooting, and really not much else to offer, and I concluded that segment saying, not much to see here, moving on. Let's pump the brakes on that outdated analysis. It looks like Johnson went into the NBA hiatus and really packed on some muscle. Uh, it's, it's showing right now. After averaging only three rebounds per game on the earlier portion of the season, he's averaging seven rebounds per game over the past six. The defense has also been pretty solid. Couple that with his 14 points per game on 51% shooting from the field and his typical 40% from deep. You know The makings are there of a pretty good NBA starter. And with what's quickly becoming a very well-rounded game. The fit is really, really nice with Booker leading the way, Bridges terrorizing opponents on the wing, Ayton banging down low. Then we just have Cam Johnson spreading it out on offense, but also playing pretty good defense and also down low getting boards. If Johnson and Bridges continue making these strides into next season, this Suns team could really continue the type of play that they've been putting out of late. You know, suddenly things are looking just a lot brighter for the Suns over the next few years. Uh, by the way, Johnson's raw Prism Silver rookie cards have been kind of all over the place, as happens with raw cards due to the wide range of centering issues, especially in this year's set. Uh, but they've been going pretty regularly between $40 and $60 of late. He's only going to be the third or fourth option on the Suns moving forward, but he is also shaping into a nice player and has made some super strides lately. You know, Obviously still only a rookie, so that's exactly what we want to see it's extremely exciting. Another big story out of the restart has been uh, the other team gunning for the 8th seed, the Portland Trailblazers. Obviously, the the biggest part of their success has been Damian Lillard, who is now averaging 33 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds, and a steal while shooting 47% from the field, 39% from 3 on 12 three-point attempts per game. Uh, The way his deep shooting just opens up the entire floor for the rest of the team just can't be overstated. You know, defenders are forced to hedge on screen so much higher than they normally do. And when you have a roll man getting a head start from 25 feet out from the bucket, good things can come from that. And as Nurkic gets more and more comfortable as he, he resumes his play, expect that combination to continue to improve. The other night Lillard went for 51 points in a win against Philadelphia and it's become that, you know, when Lillard scores 50, no one even really bats an eye anymore. He's just such a special scorer and he looks like, you know, he's in a similar zone to what he was back in January. Expect this type of thing to continue through the playoffs. Everything's just skyrocketed lately for him. His raw 2012 select silver rookie cards are up 91% lately. Most recent on buy it now is at $325. Not too many PSA 10 Prism silver rookie cards exchanging hands, but the most recent best offer came in at $5,000. In June, that same card was going on best offers in the mid $2,000 range. Base PSA 10 Prism rookies are going for around $1,500 a couple days ago. And after the most recent performance this morning, there was one that went on a best offer of 1925. If you expect Lillard to continue to have these types of performances heading into the playoffs, then you can probably also expect a couple more weeks of increases just like that. It's exciting times for Damian Lillard fans. Uh, the other guy from the Blazers that has gotten a ton of press lately is Carmelo Anthony. You know, now he's referred to as Slim Melo. Uh, there's probably been a bit of overselling on how good he's been, although he has been good. You know, through the first six games, he's at 16 points, seven rebounds, and a steal, shooting 45% from the field and 48% from deep, 87% from the line. You know, There's been a, a, a lot of talk among NBA players that the NBA was you know, colluding against Carmelo Anthony, that there was a, some sort of witch hunt against him, which really just wasn't the case. He was just plain bad last year with Houston. The Rockets were 13 points per 100 possessions, worse when Melo was on the floor. Houston released him. It didn't appear that he was going to be worth the roster spot to anyone else. We see this frequently with high-level NBA players. It's difficult for them to figure out how to play a, a, a complementary role after being the lead dog since middle school. And so a ton of credit just needs to go to Melo for this season. Not that he's, he's become 2010 Carmelo again, but to accept a low-usage, complimentary role on the Blazers, to go into the NBA hiatus, and then just really work on his body to get into the best shape that we've really ever seen him in, and to be playing as efficiently as he has been, it is all worthy of some praise. So we shouldn't be overselling his quality of play, but in the context of his entire career, it's really nice to see him out there and playing a relevant role once more. Uh, He was another one of those players that received a PRISM update card in the recently released Panini Chronicles. It's his first appearance in a Blazers jersey on a PRISM card. A couple of his auctions on his PRISM update silvers ended the other day at $41 and then one at $28. You should not approach this with the same fervor as the Anthony Davis and the Lakers or Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers updates. But I could see an uptake in demand as the playoffs approach, considering his current cult hero status with the blazers and the potential of him having you know maybe another high profile scoring appearance in the playoffs it could be one of his last of those so i'm not recommending chasing these cards by any stretch but i do think his prism update is an interesting speculative buy for him kyle kuzma had a a game-winning three-pointer last night to lift the lakers over the denver nuggets which capped off a really good game for him overall Last night he went for 25 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals with extremely efficient shooting from pretty much everywhere. It was his best game of the NBA restart over which he is averaging 15 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal while shooting 46% from the field and 44% from 3. I'm very much not a long-term optimist when it comes to Kuzma, as you might know, but this is what I was talking about back in January when I said that Kuzma should be a buy throughout the remainder of the season leading into the playoffs. He is one of the only guys who can score on the highest profile team in the entire league, get him into a situation like last night, and his cards are just going to be flying off of eBay. His Prism Silver PSA 10 rookies are currently going around $700. That's up 27% over the past couple of weeks, and that's up 548% from where it was at his low point in January when the same cards were going for just over $100. My guy, Oren, who's a regular listener to this show, uh, he bought a number of his PSA 10 base back around the new year, I think for like $30 or something, if I recall. If he's still holding those right now, he's sitting on about a 900% profit per card. Not too shabby. I still don't think that you should be holding Kuzma long-term, but we do have a few more weeks of room to grow for Kuzma on this Lakers team. Long-term, again, still not a huge believer. Also, there's Kind of more question marks around this very shallow Lakers team than we had thought before, which is worrisome. But all we can really do is wait and see what happens once the playoffs start. I won't be surprised if LeBron rises to the occasion, obviously. Bol Bol played 21 minutes in that game against the Lakers. Just eight points, five rebounds, two assists, and a block, which is you know nothing too exciting. But when you're watching him on the court, there are just so many moments where you can see something exciting building in the future. I would guess that next season's gonna look a lot like the past couple of games where he's averaged five points and three rebounds and really just that's about it. But the flashes of confidence and playmaking savvy along with the seamless fit next to Jokic just make him an exciting prospect for the next few years down the line. His raw prism subs are going around $80 lately and I'm still not recommending him as a buy, but you should be watching him to see if some of this hype dies down next season. And if it does, I think that would be probably the better time to pounce on his market. Speaking of hype and the Denver Nuggets, my guy, Michael Porter Jr., not letting me down at all lately. Only played 24 minutes last night as Nuggets head coach Mike Malone had had planned on reducing starters minutes as a result of, of some of the heavy minutes over the previous four games. So he only scored 15 points with four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. But he was was perfect from the field. Six for six overall, three for three from downtown. In the restart, he's averaging 35 minutes with 24 points, nine rebounds, while shooting with massive efficiency from every level of the court. This is just who MPJ is going to be throughout his career. He's the best scorer on this team. And the Nuggets will be looking to feed him throughout these playoffs and over the next eight years after that you know they need him to be that prolific scorer if they're going to continue to compete with the big dogs in the west and he can absolutely be that guy there's you know not much more to add on him that i haven't already said incessantly over the past 8 months but just a guy that every investor should be trying to own something of His PSA 10 Prism Silver rookies are now going for around $1,700 on average, just a 240% increase over the past few weeks. No big deal. Uh, Most of us can't afford to swing that type of money around, but this is a player that you should be able to grab anything of and then see some nice return over the next couple of months or next couple of years if you want to buy. Uh, Both a good short-term and long-term value play in Michael Porter Jr., in my opinion. Luka Doncic. He's obviously been incredible lately, averaging a triple-double in the restart with 33 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, a very efficient true shooting percentage of 60%. None of this is really a surprise to us. He's, He's clearly one of the most talented players in basketball, a surefire future MVP, future Hall of Famer. Look for this to continue on through the playoffs. Luke is just one of those guys that that Aaron he's going to want to talk about here in a few minutes. So I'm just going to leave that right there, not really get into his cards, uh, but certainly got to keep watching. And another guy who's been on a different level throughout these playoffs has been T.J. Warren, one of the biggest surprises out of the NBA bubble. He returned to earth against a motivated Jimmy Butler-led Heat team last night. You know, those two have some bad blood going back to January. And last night, Butler smothered Warren for 25 possessions. Overall, TJ only shot 36% from the field for 12 points and 5 rebounds. In the previous 5 games, however, he shot a scorching 61% from the field and 56% from deep for 35 points per game, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and, and, and a half, as well as a block and a half. Uh, MVP caliber play over the past couple of weeks. Of course, they don't award MVPs for a couple weeks of results, but still highly impressive. Clearly, Warren is not going to shoot it that well for very long. That's very highly unsustainable for any substantial period of time. But let's not let that subtract from what Warren has done so far. When Sabonis went down, Warren stepped in as that small ball four, and it's really unlocked the rest of his game. He's bought in on defense with the Pacers, and he's physically equipped to be good on that end of the court, but it's his athleticism and style of scoring that just fits so well at the four on offense and with the other pieces on the Pacers that you just have to imagine that they'll open up that spot for him long term. While he's averaging 31 points per game over the past six, his average time of possession is only 2.7 seconds. On a team where Oladipo and Brogdon and Sabonis are going to get a larger share of the ball handling and creating, for a guy like Warren to offer that type of scoring punch without needing to dominate the ball for any period of time, that's huge. Long term, the Pacers really need to move on from one of Sabonis or Turner now more than ever, because if they can create that spot for Warren, he really helps them get into the next tier of the East. This is probably the peak of what he's ever going to receive as far as national attention goes, Uh, but with what we've learned about him as the rest of the roster has been decimated by injuries, the near future for this Indiana Pacers team looks a lot more exciting than it was just a few months ago. Uh, Again, Aaron's going to be spending some time talking about TJ Warren here in just a few minutes, so I'm not going to spend any more on him. Uh, Without further ado, then, let's get over to my boss. Uh, He's on the line. Let's get Aaron's market trend analysis for a few of these different players. All right, Aaron, what's up? We were just talking about you. All good things. Excited to have you on the show. Uh, Aaron wants to talk about three different cards that are trending or players that are trending in their card markets based on the last couple of weeks of play. Uh, first up, let's talk about TJ Warren, who we just ended discussing in the, in the last segment with.
1: Yeah, TJ Warren is one of those guys that you may have had in your closet. Maybe you found them in an addict or at a garage sale for 50 cents, but those cards are now going up to $55. His prison base 2014 was $35 a week ago, far before that, before the bubble started, it was as low as a dollar. And now they are up to $55. So we're looking at, you know, a 50 times price increase. And then over last week, almost two times price increase. Uh, I know that Sam, you talked about what he's been doing on the basketball court. And clearly, clearly there's no surprises here that TJ Warren has gained value. Um, I mean, obviously there's quite a bit of risk that comes with this. I'm sure that you know, you know that Sam with this unsustainable performance that he that he's having. Of course, he's always been able to score, but what he's doing now is, you know, not like what he's doing before, or even over the course of a full season. Not in the bubble when there is a fully healthy Pacers team with Sabonis, with Oladipo at full strength, um, probably won't see too much of this going forward into next season. You know, maybe he still kills in the bubble, and maybe these go up to a hundred dollars because people. Are pretty irrational and very reactionary to the market. I'm not trying to take away from what TJ Warren's been doing. He's been killing on the court, making huge shots. But we're talking about $55 for a 2014 prison base that was worth nothing for six years. Um, it's a little concerning.
0: Yeah, Aaron, like you said, you know what he's doing at the moment is clearly unsustainable. But Obviously, the Pacers like what he's given them, Uh, move him to a small ball four permanently. If we can move on from one of Turner or Sabonis, and then we get him in that spot as a creator on the team that doesn't really need the ball in his hands, it's a good spot to be in. But I think, you know, like you said, what we're seeing from him now is clearly not probably what we're going to ever be seeing again in the future. Can't say the same about the next guy on our list, Luka Doncic. What he's doing right now is remarkable and I think we're probably just going to be seeing this over the next decade of his career. Uh, Aaron, what have you been finding in the in the market?
1: Well, before going to the market, I just want to say on video, I know I didn't get a chance to talk about this in the last video, the Sunday video, but what he's doing on the court is insane. Like I watched that Bucs game and I feel like that he's three steps ahead of every single play. What's happening, making the passes. It's just unbelievable how he can read the defense and read what's going on. It's, It's something I haven't seen. Yep. recently. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's pretty much like LeBron's vision out there, which is something that's a huge remark because LeBron's like the best IQ basketball player in the league Um, is in terms of his market. It's been just crazy. I mean, since July 31st, they were $1,100 His Prism based rookie PSA 10. Now they're up to $2,000 digging in a little further. There's some interesting trends here looking at the optic based PSA 10 those were $750 on July 31st. Now they're a little bit over a 1000 A probe scene auction sold at $1,100. A buy it now went at $1,050. So somewhere in that range. And then select-based PSA 10s were $615. And now those are $900. So mm-hmm. we see the prism-based rookie PSA 10 almost double in value, while these other two that are you know in high regards as a prism or not, uh, just a PSA 10 rookie of Luka Doncic are lagging behind. They're about... Half the growth rate of the prism, which tells me two two different things. One is that people love prism. People are just obsessed with the prism PSA tens. They go up the fastest. It's what the newest people know. What they go and search for on eBay and they just click buy. That's right. something that you know isn't very out there in terms of theory. Second is that Select and Optic could be a good spot to buy if you're looking for Luca. You're not going to overpay compared to these prism that have doubled the growth rate of Select and Optic. Um, and you can also get a nice buy in some low pop cards compared to the Prism because the Prism PSA 10 is like a 13,000 PSA population PSA 10. That's huge. Uh, I do not have the exact numbers on the selected optic, but I can guarantee you it's less than half of that. It's definitely less than 6,000 PSA 10s for right. both of those, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I always try and recommend, you know, a lot of these guys, especially like, you know, the Luca, the honest the LeBron Most of our listeners and, you know, myself, you know, we can't afford those types of cards. But there are also always other cards out there. And especially right now with Doncic, Optic and Select, they seem like they're trailing behind. Select, I think, you know, that's one of my favorite sets. I know it is yours, too, Aaron. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, great opportunities there. Another place to look would be Tyler Harrow. Uh, He's, you know, I know he's one of our favorite players just a lot of that has to do with where he's from, uh, kind of right around our neck of the woods. Uh, but, Aaron, let's talk about Tyler Harrow. You know, first, he's been he's been doing really well in the bubbles so far. I have his stats over here. In a, in a fair amount of minutes, he's got 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, shooting 52% from the field, 36% from three. Still is a rookie, still very young. Uh, so, you know, in this high-pressure situation, the strangeness of the bubble as we have it, he's been performing really well. Uh, how has he been performing on the card market?
1: The interesting thing about Tyler uh, Harrow, and I know that you and I talked about right before we went on this video, is that his cards were so overpriced going into the bubble. Uh, PSA 10s were going upwards of $300 for a prison-based rookie. They went all the way down to 220 225 like during his first couple of games when he wasn't putting up big numbers, I know he got that start when Kendrick Nunn left the bubble and then Jimmy Butler was out. And he really had a huge game. Then a lot of people came back to Tyler Harrow cards, want to buy, go to eBay. And now they're upwards of 275 for the Prism based PSA 10. So over the last week, we've seen them go from 230 to 275. It seems like with the craze in the market, if he can get those minutes and put up big performances, maybe there is some room here because you're looking at John Morant at 550. I know that you know Tyler Harrow isn't Jared Morant. He's not gonna develop like him. He's not gonna be the face of a franchise like him, right. but there's maybe some play there. And then also with Harrow, look at other cards. You know, I know that Nate and I were talking about Matisse Thibel yesterday, how he's exciting in more ways than just on the court, but he's very exciting on the court. I watched like five minutes of the Blazers and Sixers game and I think he did like three things in three minutes where he got a steal you know made something happen the offensive end is all over the court so there's a lot of different avenues in the basketball card market right now I know we just discussed three trenders but there's many other places to look especially in basketball and in other sports where you know whatever you find passion and go chase it down
0: yeah you know there's certain guys that they just show up when you're watching them that it might not show up in the in the stat column uh but you know harrow's one of those guys and uh, i brought him up earlier in my video but um malik uh bridges you know he you know he's one of those guys too he he's just uh or michael bridges he's yeah. one of those guys where it's just he's making stops against against some of the best players in the league and and when that happens it's trending on twitter people are seeing it so you know i think hero in particular he is one of those guys that he can really pop on film when everything's clicking. The Heat are really primed to make a, a deep postseason run. They have you know, basically everything you need in order to be successful in the playoffs, and particularly with the way the East is shaping up this year. It wouldn't be a surprise at all if the Heat made it pretty far, maybe even further than most people think. Uh, and if that's the case, Hero's going to be getting a lot of uh, publicity. He's going to be getting a lot of eyes watching him as the playoffs go on and as the other teams start to die out. All right. Well, thanks, Aaron, for joining us. Uh, Thank all of you for joining us and we'll see you next time.